Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, Come, Now is the Time to Worship. You are to 
a beekeeper, has explained how some of the young bees are nurtured to ensure their healthy development. The queen lays each egg in a six-sided cell, which is filled with enough pollen and honey to feed upon until it reaches a certain age of maturity. The top is then sealed with a capsule of wax. When the occupant has exhausted its supply of nourishment, the time has come for the tiny creature to be released from its confinement. But what a rustling and tussling and straining it endures to get through the wax seal. The opening is so narrow that in the agony of exit, the bee rubs off the membrane that encases its wings. Therefore, when it finally does emerge, it is able to fly. The beekeeper also tells something he's observed on one occasion. A moth got into the hive and ate the wax capsules. As a result, the young bees crawled out on schedule without any effort or trouble. However, their wings were still fully encased in the membrane and they couldn't fly. Soon, the mature insects, seeing the pitiful, unproductive state of the new arrivals, instinctively proceeded to sting them to death. There's a very good spiritual application. As a believer, are you congratulating yourself on having an easy time in life with no hardships or difficulties to bear? If so, beware of losing your wing power like the handicapped bees. Trials are sent to help us reach new heights of spirituality and to fit us for fruitful service. We cannot help others if we do not understand what they are going through. Listen now as John Harris sings for us this beautiful song entitled, All That I Really Need. My life has finally found the sure foundation. My heart has finally found the resting place No longer must I search for answers for security I found what I needed through God's grace All that I really need I find in Jesus the light he gives makes other ways seem dim. He has the answers. He is the way. All that I really need I find in him. God's word has come to be my source of growing. Establishing my feet on solid ground Too long I wandered without aim No compass and no guide My heart is grateful for this truth I found All that I really need I find in Jesus the light he gives makes other ways seem dim. He has the answers. He is the way. All that I really need, I find in him. 
are listening to Join the Morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Then at 10.45, we all gather in the main auditorium for a morning worship service. We invite you to listen to or watch our church services. Our services are on Facebook at Sunday at 11 o'clock and 7 p.m. and Wednesday night at 7.15 p.m. We invite you to visit our website at www.altunabible.org. Also, we're on the Johnstown Altoona Access Channels 9 and 14. And there are services available on the local radio stations on Sunday at 11 o'clock, 12 noon, and 7 p.m. If you have any questions concerning our church services, please call the church office at area code 814-942-2131. Listen now as Lori Harris and Eric White play for us in the flute and clarinet this wonderful song, Burdens Are Lifted at Calvary.
after five years of faithful service in New Guinea, a missionary of a furlough was asked, What did you find when you first arrived in New Guinea? He replied, I found conditions more hopeless than if I had been sent to a group of man-eating tigers in the jungles. These people were degraded and utterly devoid of compassion and moral sense. They were worse than animals. If a baby was fussy, his mother would throw him in the ditch and leave him there to die. No one had love or pity for others. Well, what did you do to reach them? Did you preach to them? No, said the missionary. Preaching would have done no good. I just loved them. When I saw a baby crying, I comforted it. When I saw people in distress, I cared for them. Finally, the natives began to ask, What does this mean? Why are you doing this? Then I had my chance to preach the gospel to them. They had seen the gospel manifest in deeds of love and kindness and were ready to listen. What happened then? The missionary replied, When I left, I left a church that was composed of these people, formerly degraded but now transformed by the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a triumph of Christian love. In another instance, a man who was condemned to die sat dejectedly in his cell, awaiting the time when he would be taken to the death chamber and die for the crimes that he had committed. The prison chaplain routinely visited him, and an outside minister also came to see him. All efforts to reach the condemned man and bring him to the Lord had failed. In a conversation with a Christian layman who was known for his unfeigned love for seemingly hopeless ones, the minister mentioned the condemned man. Instantly, the layman felt a need to go to see the man. Entering the prison cell, the layman sat beside the condemned man, took his hand, and tenderly said, Wasn't it wonderful that God in love sent his son into the world to die for sinners like you and me? The hardened criminal began to weep. He recognized his need of a Savior and called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and was saved. And before his execution, he said, When the prison chaplain, the minister visited me, it seemed as if they were standing far above me. But when that kind man sat down beside me, put himself with me and talked to me, I could not hold out against God any longer. Love never fails trying it in your dealing with the unsaved. Love will find a way to reach them. It found a way to save you. List the words this song as Larry Grable, Bill Burkett, Dave Kephart, and John Harris sing, Call Home. There is a moment that lives forever
Once again, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, our doors be open here at the Altoona Bible Church. Time now for a Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is the Lord Jesus Christ, the parable of the nobleman. Luke chapter number 19, verse 11 through verse 15. I trust that you're following along at home in your Bibles. And as they heard these things, he added and he spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem, because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said to them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called to him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. The synopsis of the parable of the nobleman. The nobleman goes into a far country. He goes there to receive a kingdom and to return. However, his citizens hated him, and sent a clear message to him, we will not have this man to reign over us. Yet he does return to set up his kingdom. What is the biblical interpretation? 
what is the dispensational understanding of this important parable? Who is the nobleman? What is the far country? Who are the citizens? What is his return? The nobleman is the Lord Jesus Christ. The far country is heaven. Remember, you have the incarnation of Christ, and ultimately you have his death, you have his burial, you have his resurrection. He's on earth for 40 days. Acts 1-3. Teaching concerning the kingdom that he ascends back to the Father. And he goes to heaven to receive the authority from God the Father to return to set up his kingdom. His citizens, the unbelieving nation of Israel, his citizens, instead of rejoicing over his reign, they sent a message to him stating they hate him. They don't want him reigning over them. Hence, they simply rejected him. Of course, we know this true during his earthly ministry. John chapter 1, verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Then we realize and understand of his death, his shedding of his blood, his resurrection. Forty days, we said, the ascension. The book of Acts is more than just the acts of the apostles. It is the act of the Lord Jesus Christ through the apostles whom he had chosen. It begins with the twelve apostles and ends up with the one apostle, the apostle Paul. What message did the unbelieving nation of Israel send that demonstrated they did not want him, the Lord Jesus Christ, reigning over them? Acts chapter 4 verse 1 and 2. And as they spake unto the people, this is Peter and John, again, this is following Acts 3, following his second Pentecostal address, following really, if you read the end of Acts 3, he's offering the kingdom to them. And as they spake, they were speaking. As they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Verse 2, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They were grieved. Then later we know that Peter and John were in prison. The Jewish religious leaders sent a message to them. Their message was to beat them, to threaten Peter and John, telling them not to teach in this name, Acts chapter 4, verse 13 and 21. Then later all the twelve apostles were in prison until they were miraculously delivered and brought before the council, Acts 5, verses 24 to 33. After hearing Peter, the council was cut to their hearts and took counsel to slay them. Them, not him, not just Peter, but them, all of the twelve apostles. Gamaliel's exhortation and warning. But the apostles were still beaten. Acts chapter 5, verses 34 to 42. Then ultimately you have the stoning of Stephen. Acts chapter 7, verses 54 to verse number 60. The message of his citizens, the unbelieving nation of Israel, hating him, reached the pinnacle, the zenith, with their rejecting Stephen and the stoning of him to death. The return. He, he does return. The Lord Jesus Christ will return in the second coming to set up his kingdom. There are many who teach the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is not a literal earthly kingdom, but just a spiritual one. A spiritual one within the hearts of man, but not a literal one. The earthly millennial kingdom is a literal, earthly, physical kingdom upon this earth. The parable of the nobleman is one of the clearest teaching, a literal kingdom, a kingdom that can only be set up through the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Luke chapter 1, verses 31 to verse number 33. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, taking you back and understanding the Davidic covenant. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Remember, Jacob's name was in the book of Genesis was changed to Israel. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. It's never going to end. And the believer's hope today, the believer's hope is not this kingdom. We have a heavenly hope. We're a part of the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God indeed will never end as we're here today. You can read through the scriptures. Go back to the book of Daniel. Read these verses of scripture. What about Zechariah 14, verse number 9? And the Lord God, the Lord, shall be king over all the earth in that day, and there shall be one Lord and his name one. He's going to be king over all the earth in that day. That, But that's not our hope. But there's going to be no end to the kingdom of God. Because it's going to go on forever. There's not going to be. We can say this. Because we believe what the inerrant, infallible, preserved word of God says. There is not going to be some tyrant, some world leader who is going to defeat Christ. The stone, the stone is going to become a great mountain, the smiting stone in Daniel 2. And it's going to fill the whole earth and that stone is going to stand forever. The kingdom which was offered through the apostle Peter in Acts 3 is now in postponement. They rejected it. God is dealing and working with and through the church, the body of Christ. And when the dispensation of grace ends in our, we have a heavenly hope. God will once again be dealing with the nation of Israel and the literal establishment of the kingdom here on earth. Believers, again, we need to keep studying God's word. We need to understand it. Because what you believe doctrinally does affect the way that you live. If you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not by religious activities. It is through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are justified by faith. Won't you right now, right where you're at, you have no promise of tomorrow or next week. Won't you trust the Lord Jesus Christ before it's eternally too late in your life? been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received a real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Morning, my heart, my heart.